the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You always ask me on Wednesday, what you preaching on? And Drew's the one who always finds these videos. And he said, are you preaching on Simon of Cyrene? Are you preaching on that moment when he bumps into Jesus for the first time? And I said, yes, Drew, that's what I'm preaching on. He said, check out this video. And when I saw that video, I only had to watch half of it, and I said, bingo, Drew. That's the one for this Sunday. And that sermon hymn that you just sang, written by the great theologian Charles Wesley, that hymn is all about Simon of Cyrene. The first two stanzas talk about us needing God, Simon of Cyrene needing God, having a trembling heart, wanting to connect with God. And the last two stanzas of Wesley's great hymn, it talks about what we do when we've had that connection with God. And I'll explain in the sermon what Simon of Cyrene did once Jesus had come into his life. Pastor Sauer preached a beautiful sermon last week. It was Good Shepherd Sunday. And during the week, I was looking at some articles on shepherds in Palestine. I found a rather unique one. It said there are some shepherds, not all of them by far, but there are some unique shepherds who are so close to their sheep, whether it's a flock of 10, 50, or 100, they are so close to their sheep that they actually give their sheep's names. And I'm sitting there and saying, what? They give their sheep names. And the sheep know their names when the shepherd speaks it. You have a sheep, a whole flock of them, and they're grazing out in the pasture. And if the shepherd calls the one sheep's name, that sheep raises its head. Everyone else keeps on eating, but that one sheep raises its head, and it comes walking to the shepherd. And when I saw that article, all of a sudden I understood a whole lot better Jesus' parable. A shepherd has a hundred sheep and he loses one. If you are naming your sheep, you better believe that when one is missing, you go after that one. And it helped me understand a little bit better Jesus in John 10, 27. My sheep know my voice and they follow me. And I give them abundant life on this earth and everlasting life when this life is done. My sheep hear my voice, and when I call their name, they follow me. The one I want to speak on uh, this Sunday is a man by the name of Simon of Cyrene. Most of the people that bumped into Jesus, they are not names. Jesus certainly knows them. Or else he would not have involved himself in their life at those precise moments. 
The woman with the issue of blood, no name. The rich young ruler, Luke 18, no name. The man led down to the hole in the roof, no name. The demon-possessed man on the island of the Gadarenes, the island is named, but he is not. The man lying by the pool of Bethesda, the pool is named, but he is not. The ten lepers, no names, not even the one who comes back and thanks Jesus. Bartimaeus is named, one of the poorest individuals in the Bible. Zacchaeus is named, one of the richest individuals in the Bible. The prodigal son, no name. Thief on the cross, no name. But this man in the text is named Simon of Cyrene. And he is named not only in one gospel, he's named in all three of the synoptic gospels. Matthew names him by name, so does Mark, so does Luke. It's Mark that I want to center on, Mark fifteen twenty one. The Roman centurion compelled one Simon from Cyrene, from northern Africa. He compelled him to come down out of the crowd into the road known as the Via Della Rosa. He compelled Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear the cross of Jesus. He's a Jewish man. He's traveled hundreds of miles going by land and by sea to get to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover. And this man in that crowd, he is touched by the hand of a Roman centurion and he is forced out into the road. The video was entitled Moments. This was this man's moment. Psalm 139, it says, Every path we walk on this earth is guided and directed by God. He knows when we wake up. He knows when we go to sleep. He knows when we leave one circumstance. And He knows when we enter another one. He's got us hemmed in. He knows our past. And He knows what's going to happen in the future. I preached a sermon many months ago on friends. If you have friends on this earth, chosen by God, sometimes as angels, to enter your life, sometimes for but a couple of moments, as I'll share a story later in this message. The grand story happened for about 90 seconds, and it was heaven touching earth for me and for the two that were involved. This man had a moment, and in that moment, he's meeting someone he was not intending to meet. He doesn't travel hundreds of miles to meet Jesus. He travels hundreds of miles because he's a good Jew, and he wants to celebrate the Passover. But God had better things in store. When the woman comes to Sychar's wells, he doesn't come to meet Jesus There he is. There are many stories in the Bible. People had no intention of meeting Jesus, but he had an intention of meeting them. And if our friends that God brings across our path on this earth, if they are ordained by him to touch our lives for a moment, for a decade, for a lifetime, this is divine intervention. When it comes to God saying, 
I personally want to meet with you. That is on such a higher level, you cannot begin to explain it. Psalm 107.3, I like what this says. It says, God will search out those for whom Jesus died. Down the arches of the years unto all the places where they may try and hide themselves, God will search for them. And when he finds them, he will bind them to himself forever with bands more lasting than bands of steel. He will gather them from the east and the west and from the north and the south. There will be no circumstance that will not allow him to find those for whom he searches. And he will be with them and he will bring them to their heavenly home. If you go on a treasure hunt on this earth... You have a certain goal in mind. You have a certain treasure in mind. Some treasure hounds can take a long time. If they're for your little kids, they'll be for about 60 seconds. If you have a treasure hunt on this earth, you have a treasure in mind. When God does a treasure hunt, it is always one of His sheep. It is always one of His children. It is always you or me or them. That is God's treasure hunt. Jeremiah 31. Each of you have been loved with an everlasting love. And sometimes you're brought to Jesus in most incredible ways. The man let down through the hole in the roof. How's that for meeting Jesus? Not too many do that. These ten are allowed to have leprosy. Why? Because in about seven years, or whatever it was, Jesus wants to meet them on the road. This woman has an issue of blood, not for eight years or ten years. She has an issue of blood for twelve years. Because that issue of blood is going to bring her to Jesus. The thief on the cross, where is he going to meet Jesus when they're both dying on Mount Calvary? Simon of Cyrene, when are you going to meet Jesus? When you come to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. And the feast you will end up celebrating will affect the rest of your life. Your two children, Rufus and Alexander, and your dear wife, Simon's his name, many different explanations of the incident. The one I believe is correct is the fact that he was a Jewish man. Grew up in Jerusalem worshiping Jehovah God. And then for reasons of trade and commerce, he settled in the northern part of Africa at Cyrene, a trade route. But Simon never forgot the holy city and he never forgot the old religion and he never forgot Jehovah. What he did is what uh, Naomi did. She says to Elimelech during the famine, we should go to Moab. And he said, no, 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 the heathen gods are in Moab. And Naomi says, are you kidding me? You don't think our God can go into the heathen territory and we can bring our God with us and we can honor him there and maybe other people will come to him? That's what she did. That's what Simon of Cyrene did. 
He said to his wife and to Rufus and Alexander, we're going to Cyrene, but we're going to bring Jehovah with us. And I dare say perhaps the same thing happened. The people around them saw Simon worshiping Jehovah. And maybe they became part of the followers of Jehovah themselves. He, as a good Jewish man, travels all these miles to get to Jerusalem. And when he gets to Jerusalem, he enters one of the gates of the city. There are eight gates leading into Jerusalem. And he enters one particular gate. And entering that gate at the moment that he does changes everything. Some of the smallest events in life happen in one single moment of time. Not because you're involved, but because God is involved. If he had entered any other gate, he had not met Jesus. If he had been five minutes earlier, five minutes later, he had never have met Jesus. If the Roman centurion had picked out some other man, he had never met Jesus. But God arranges things. J.P. Struthers wrote in his periodical, The Morning Watch, He wrote it on January 1st, back in the 1800s. He said, ten years after this day is over, twenty years after this day is over, you may come to see that the most important thing that happened to you this year was the crossing of a street, or the opening of a door, or what some might think was a chance word that you overheard. And these chance moments, what are they? They are God's providence. They are God's providence to you. He preserves us in ways of which we never dreamed. He makes all things work together for good to His children. Moments, that video, moments in your life. Friday, two days ago, I get a phone call in the morning. Would you go see my dad? I didn't say to her, hey, it's my day off, you know, can I see him on Monday? I said, tell me about your dad. And and she said, well, you know, Gene, 96 years of age and, and he's having great difficulty. I said, is he at Palis, where he usually is? And she said, no, 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 he's at South Suburban. The ambulance wouldn't take him to Palis, had to take him to the closest hospital. He's at South Suburban. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll try and get there late morning, early afternoon. By the time I got there, it was 1.30. And when I walked in, the daughter was already gone, and Jean said, you missed her by 10 minutes. I talked with him a little bit. He was very weak and very frail. It wasn't too long. And when I talked with him, out of devotion and prayer, I went out into the parking lot. I parked my car way, way out in the distance so that another other car was around me. I always do that. And as I'm sitting in my car looking at my phone, the text messages that have come in the last hour, there is a car that pulls right up next to me. And the car is so close to me 
that I'm figuring how the person is going to get out of the car. And my first reaction is, how can you be this dumb? There are all these parking places and you're inches away from me. My window is down and she gets out. She can barely squeeze out. When she squeezes out, she closes the door, walks to the front of the car. And then I'm guessing it's her husband. He gets out. And I can see automatically there's something wrong. He's got the white cane. He's blind. And he's got the dark sunglasses on. And she waits for him in front of the car. She waits for him to navigate his way up to the front of the car. And then she puts out her arm and he latches hold. And then he says to her, he said, now that I am totally blind, how will we survive? How will our bills be paid? She said to him, God has always provided, and he will continue to do so. I shouldn't tell you this, but I always carry a lot of money in my car for situations like this. And when I heard her say those words, I put a large sum of money in an envelope. And in the envelope, I always have a message, God watches over you. And I got out of my car and I apologized for listening to their conversation. And I said, God always does watch over you. And I gave her the envelope. I didn't speak with them, I just drove away. And as I drove away, I was watching them out of my rearview mirror. And I watched her open that envelope. And I watched her stagger back. And then I watched her turn to her husband and show him, though he could not see, what was inside. That moment will stay with me for the rest of my life. Because in that moment, I felt like heaven was touching earth. And for those two people, for those two young people, 28, 29 years of age, when they are having the worst moment ever on this earth, she and he will remember that moment when God came and touched their lives. If he had been at Palos Hospital where he should have been, none of it would have happened. If his daughter had been there, I'd have talked with her for half an hour. Never would have happened. If I had been one second later, one second earlier, never happened. If they had parked somewhere else, never would have happened. That video, moments, Simon of Cyrene, did he go back home and did he say to his wife, I've never been so humiliated in all of my life. Deuteronomy 21, 23, cursed is any Jew 
that touches a cross or hangs upon a cross? Did he go back and say to his wife, I have never been so ashamed? God came at that moment. Maybe it didn't happen right away. It certainly didn't happen for the thief on the cross right away. He starts out the day by cursing Jesus. 45 minutes later, he's saying, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When he's brought out into that road to carry the cross of Jesus, I'm sure there's not any happiness on his face. But the Holy Spirit comes, as he always does, to the woman at the well, to the man let down, to the man at the pool of Bethesda, to the demon-possessed man, to Bartimaeus, to Zacchaeus, to one after another. The Holy Spirit comes. And maybe it's when he's dragging that 88-pound cross a half a mile to Mount Calvary. Maybe while he's doing it, the Spirit comes. He's changed. How do we know he's changed? Because the Apostle Paul in Romans 16, he says, while he's in prison, he says, Greet Rufus. Who's Rufus? Son of Simon of Cyrene. Greet greet Rufus. That choice Christian, the leader, one of the great leaders in the early Christian church in the first century. Greet Rufus and greet his mother. Who's his mother? The wife of Simon of Cyrene. Because she is my mother as well. Do you have to go to Alaska to be a missionary? Do you have to go to Haiti, Ecuador, El Salvador to do the mission work? Do you have to be a part of Love, Inc. or some organization to do the mission work? No. The mission work of Simon of Cyrene was to his two boys, Rufus and Alexander, and to his wife. And those two boys grew up to be leaders in the early Christian church. And his wife, there came a time when the Apostle Paul was on his missionary journey 30 years after the episode there on the Via Dolorosa. 30 years later, he's on a missionary journey, becomes ill. Whose house does he stay at? Simon of Cyrene. Who takes care of him, nurses him back to health? The wife of Simon of Cyrene. Moments. Closing word, Lori Wilbert's Voice of Hope Prison Ministry. I connect with her every two months. We help support her ministry. And every time she connects with me, she tells me one more story of some individual in prison for some of the most horrendous crimes. And she said, Pastor Strand, time and time and time again, These individuals who have nothing left, they come to Jesus in that prison cell. And it's not something that lasts for just a moment because I keep in touch with them for another 15 or 20 years. And once they've connected with Jesus in that prison, they are forever changed. Did Simon want to carry the cross? No. Do you and I have crosses to bear? Yes. Physical, mental, emotional, we have crosses to bear. Who comes while we're carrying our cross? Jesus. What does He do? He takes our cross upon Himself 
and he carries it for us. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Moments yours, mine two days ago. Moments in which our Lord comes and changes that circumstance forever in his powerful name. Amen. Heavenly Father, bless the sharing of your word, whether it be in scripture, song, or meditation. May your spirit take that word and bring it deep down into our hearts, never to be forgotten in our Savior's name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.